No one can deny that Sacramento Kings star guard De'Aaron Fox is struggling to start the season. And while we're not going to put blames for his struggles on any other players, could starting lineup and rotation changes potentially help him? If the Kings were to move Terrence Davis out of the rotation, would Marvin Bagley be the right fit for that spot? I'm going to be joined by ESPN 1320's Kenny Caraway to talk about this, plus our frustrations with Luka Doncic, our disappointment in De'Aaron Fox, and more on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the podcast for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento uh, sports media member, Sacramento Kings media member for the last seven years. This is my eighth season covering the Kings, formerly with Sports 1140 KHDK Radio in Sacramento. Uh, now with ABC 10 television uh, and speaking of radio guys, my friend, my buddy, Kenny, Kenny Caraway, uh, back with me here on the Longtime Kings podcast today. Our conversation going to dominate the show. We're going to get to that in just a second because we discuss a lot of stuff, like I mentioned uh, in that introduction. Before that, though, want to thank you for making Longtime Kings your first listen here on the Longtime Podcast Network. Appreciate your loyalty uh, to this show. I appreciate that you either start your day or end this day or out of all the content on the Longtime Podcast Network. Or maybe out of all the content available podcasts worldwide that you choose a locked on Kings as your first listen. And I would hope that you would consider making another podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network your second listen. Maybe you're a 49ers fan. You want to listen to Locked On Niners. Maybe you're like me, a Raiders fan, Locked On Raiders. Uh, if you are a fan of the Oakland A's and are as frustrated as I am with uh, them losing Bob Melvin, their manager, you can listen to Locked On A's. There's Locked On Giants. There's national shows. Check out and make one of the many shows on the Locked On Podcast Network your second listen every day after Locked On Kings. Appreciate your support as always, and I appreciate you tuning in. I think you're really going to enjoy uh, my conversation with Kenny Caraway here. Uh, we dive into a ton of things. He and I are, uh, see things fairly similar, uh, but he does a good job of, of separating his take from my take and, and his uh, thought process on everything that's going on with uh, De'Aaron Fox, everything that, that could happen with rotation changes as the Kings try and figure things out. Plus, he talks about the mindset that he wants the Kings to have, even though they're 500 out. That's not good enough, how they need to capitalize on these games right now. So much to get to. Uh, so without any further ado, here is my conversation with ESPN 1320's Kenny Carraway. Joining me right now, a man who never fails to share his opinion from D'Lo and KC. It's the KC, Kenny Carraway, ESPN 1320's own. You can listen to him and Damian Barling Monday through Friday uh, on ESPN 1320. And if you're a 49ers fan, don't forget to tune in and listen to uh, Kenny Carraway before and after every single 49ers game on your home of the Niners, ESPN 1320. KC, lots been going on with the Sacramento Kings. You could look at it from two different perspectives. You could look at it from the perspective A, which is, hey, the Kings are 500, they're 3-3, three and three, which is where I think a lot of us thought this team would be in a position that if they're around 500 at the end of the season, that's probably good enough for there to be in the play-in. But yep. then you can take the context of these six games, right, and go, 
They were in every single one. You could argue they should have won every single one. Mm -hmm. I want to get your opinion, your talk on this. We're going to talk about the struggles of De'Aaron Fox. Uh, I do want to talk about Luka Doncic because you and I are kind of on the same page with his, <laughs> with his watchability factor. And then we're going to talk about a, a couple of potential Luke Walton lineup changes and if they would help or hurt uh, the current Kings situation. But first off, my man, I, I know because I listened to a little bit of, of you with D'Lo today. I know you got some thoughts on what is going on with uh, with De'Aaron Fox right now. If you want to set the scene a little bit with how you're, how you're feeling about the, the Kings star who, who, quite honestly, is not playing like it. Yeah, man. And, and, and this one kind of hurt me. It kind of hurt me because I love De'Aaron Fox, man. I, uh, I love everything that he represents, the hope that he represents for this franchise and the city. Um, the fact that he embraces staying here and trying to turn things. I love everything about De'Aaron Fox, but I got to call a spade a spade, you know, when I see it. And I didn't even really say too much. I didn't say like, get him out of here or I'm done with him or nothing like that. I just referenced back to a conversation that I have um, with a buddy of mine uh, who I respect his basketball acumen. Uh, we have, you know, I feel very good, intelligent basketball conversations. And he's been saying, we've been going back and forth on this one for the past year or so. And he's been like, yo, Fox, he's not it. And I'm like, no, you're bugging. Like, Fox is, nah, he's good. Don't trip. And he's like, I'm telling you, man, he's not, it's not it, man. And um, we would go back and forth. And yesterday, uh, or Sunday, after the Mavericks game, I text him and I was like, look, man, I'm not conceding, saying you're right or anything like that. Still believe in him. But today's the first time where I've kind of thought, what if this doesn't happen the way we mm. all hope it'll happen? Mm. And it was just, uh, it was a deflating performance, 14 points, I think four assists, uh, in a game that was right on the table, right on the table. And, uh, and on three different occasions so far this season, the games have been right there. And I'm a big believer that not all the time, but sometimes and a lot of the times, these other guys – They'll get you there for better or for worse, whether it's, you know, good or bad. If they're playing great, then you guys are all go to like a 15 point win. But sometimes they'll do just enough not to get you out of the game or to be there, you know, with five minutes to go in the game. And then that's when it's time for your franchise to take over. Mm -hmm. That's when it's time for your for your guy to be a closer. We see it so many times with Steph Curry, Dame Lillard. Uh, Kyrie when he was with the Cavs, LeBron. And I'm talking about the All-Stars, and that's where I'm expecting De'Aaron Fox to get to. I, we're all talking about it here in Sacramento, De'Aaron Fox being an All-Star. Now, all those people that can close it out for their teams, they're All-Stars. And on three different occasions, in my opinion, you got the Jazz game, the Warriors game, and uh, this game on Sunday with the Mavericks. They were there. They were right there to be had. And De'Aaron Fox, 12 points, 17 points against the Warriors, and then uh, 14 against the Mavs, and not much of anything going on in the fourth quarter of any of those games. It's like, man, I still believe in him, but I'm not going to lie. This is, a, this is one of the first times that uh, doubt kind of crept in my head about whether or not maybe we're expecting too much from this guy that, that, that might not be able to deliver. And that right there is what resonates with me most, Kenny, because I, I it's an, or Sunday was a, a day of firsts uh, for me, too. And the way I explained it on yesterday's pod was that I, I'm not concerned, overly concerned. I'm not giving up on De'Aaron Fox or anything like that. I choose to look at his full body of work over mm -hmm. a, a bad stretch of, of six games. Um, but for the first time, the fears of 
can he be what's next? And what I mean by that is like the goal for this season and the goal for all of us, and we'd be thrilled with the Kings making the postseason, whether it's it's through the the play in into the I'm talking actual playoffs. Like if the mm-hmm. Kings make the playoffs, mm-hmm. whether they're a top six seed, which is very unlikely unless Fox is out of his mind, or if they make it via the play in, like that's that's the goal for this season. We'd all be thrilled for the Kings to avoid that that playoff drought. Right. But that's step one. Like the Kings aren't looking at that as the end goal that they're throwing a parade for that alone. They're mm-hmm. looking three, four rungs up the ladder of that is the next step in the process to build a championship team here at Sacramento. Right. And you you don't pay De'Aaron Fox a max contract if you don't believe that he uh, can't be or won't be, if not the guy, one of the guys on a championship team. And what I've seen at the start of this season is and and what it's it's provided for me for the first time are those little whispers of doubt in the back of my head of what if he isn't that guy mm. what if he's not capable of that and it's it's really easy to compare him to what John Morant is doing we've compared Fox and Morant a ton on on all sorts of different platforms really since John Morant came into the league mm. I had the uh, locked on Grizzlies host on over the offseason we debated. Fox versus Morant. I chose Fox. He chose Morant. Most people, I'd say like 55% sided with him on Morant. Now it's like Mm. 95% because Mm. Morant is showing us that he can do it. His team gets him there and then he closes it out, which is what Fox, like you said, is expected to do. Mm. Let me ask you this, because I know you're discussing this with D'Lo today. Is it an oversimplification to say if De'Aaron Fox was playing, not at like the superstar clip where he was scoring 30, 40 points last season. Not that mm-hmm. if he was at what his averages were last year, which was like 25, 26, 27 points that the Kings would definitely be four and two, probably be four or five and one and have a chance at six and zero. Oh. Is that an oversimplification in your mind? I don't think it is. And I know, I you know, I've talked to my, my man D'Lo about this and he's like, well, you know, it's, um, you know, a little bit of a domino effect or, or something like that. Like if, if he's playing well, maybe the jazz warriors and Mavericks play differently on defense or, you know, maybe they react. I, I get all that. But when I talk about him playing better than what he has in those three games, it's not taking anything away from anybody. Like these are shots that he's shooting that are missed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not like yeah. if he scores six, then uh, Buddy Hill's not going to make his shots or, or uh, Damian Mitchell or whatever. It's like, no, he's shooting the ball regardless of what's going on and they're not going in. If they go in, I see a different outcome. Realistically, you know, I, I say, just to be fair, one of those games turn into a I'm not even going to say 5-1, 6-0. I'm going to just say one of those games should turn into a win because they're yeah. right there for it. And De'Aaron was – he's supposed to be the guy that brings it all the way home. So um, I, I definitely – I believe that for sure. One of those games turn into a win if he plays a little better in any one of those games. This episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Indeed. And thanks to the great resignation, the job market is filled with once-in-a-generation talent. So how is your organization going to put together an all-star team? Your front office needs an all-star roster 
You need Indeed to help attract that talent. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can't do it all yourself. Attract, interview, and hire, and but you can do it all at Indeed. Uh, don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. It saves you time, and of course, time is money in the business world. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through the tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you'll get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description, and you can even invite them to apply right away. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. Again, that's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Locked on Kings is also brought to you by Direct TV. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch your game live. You have another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. And you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without all the hassle and a great way to finally get all your TV to get TV together in one place. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. I cut the cord a long time ago because I was sick and tired of those annual contracts. It wasn't work it, worth it with streaming systems. Now, DirecTV has stepped into the streaming game with DirecTV Stream, and it's better than anything out there, even Netflix, honestly, at least in my opinion. Get rid of the clutter. Get rid of the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device is required. Content varies by package. So I want to know how you balance this because you and I and most Kings fans, we're done with the moral victories this year. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's not about the moral victories and, hey, what can they be some year? Or, man, what they did today makes me excited for what they could do tomorrow. It, there's there's no more of that nonsense. It's it's win today or, or essentially you fail. And that's a very mm -hmm. black and white way of looking at it and maybe unfair way of looking at it. But that's the bar that the Kings and general manager Monty McNair and Luke Walton, they've put upon their shoulders and the players have echoed that with the things that they've said um, mm -hmm. to the media. So that's where the bar is. But how do you balance the teeter-totter of, on one hand, your star in De'Aaron Fox isn't delivering and you've missed out on three very winnable games early in the season where you're more than likely not going to get these winnable games. Like, I don't know if you're going to get the Jazz or have a good chance against the Jazz at any point Tuesday and beyond, mm -hmm. uh, as well as you got them in the home opener. Same thing with the Golden State Warriors. You might never get that good of a Phoenix Suns team or that a Phoenix Suns win again and you barely squeaked by them. Uh, and then, I mean, I don't know necessarily about the Dallas Mavericks because they didn't look that good. Um, so, but balancing that with the defense and the other players are doing enough mm -hmm. for the Kings to consistently be in every single game. And the fact that this team is 500, even without De'Aaron Fox playing at the level that we expect, like there's, there's a positive in that. The fact that the Kings go down by 15 points early and the bench got them back in, which never would have happened last season. Right. How do you balance those pros and cons? It's a situation for me where I try to stay in the macro, you know what I mean? And I look at the micro. They're three and three, you know, in a very simple way. If they keep us 500 pace up for the whole season, 
they'll be in a playoff situation or the play-in or whatever the case may be. And that's where they want to get this year. So it's not the worst thing in the world to be three and three. It's actually pretty impressive when you start to factor in um, the teams that they've had to play at the start of the season. Um, but I just look at it as I, I want them to shoot for the stars. So if they miss, they land on the clouds, right? Mm-hmm. And every game that you have an opportunity to do something like the Dallas one is a perfect example for me. You had an opportunity right there to, I don't want to say steal a game, but that was there. Was, I keep saying it was on the, it was on a platter. It was on the table for you. You got to get that. You got to get that because there's going to be some games in the back part of the season or anytime during the season where you probably should have won, but you miss free throws or you turn the ball over, whatever you're going to lose. And if you don't have money in the bank, with games like this Dallas game or the Utah game, you're going to be struggling. And that's kind of, that's kind of the way I look at it, where if you can get these games while you can, they're almost insurance for later on down the road. Cause it's inevitable. You're going to have, like I said, a close game that you lose or a game where you just don't show up and you get blown out by 20. If you take the opportunities that you had earlier in the season and cash in on those, those won't hurt you as much as they potentially can if you leave them on the table. Now, they've done an all right job. They've done a 500 job of that right now. Like, because while they could be 5-1, and 4-2, the Portland game was on the table. They took advantage of that. The Phoenix game was there. They came back and took advantage of that. Uh, the Pelicans game was a the game they were supposed to. So it hasn't been all doom and gloom. But I've said it since the last season ended. There's a sense of urgency that has to come with every single game with this roster with this coaching staff, with this front office. Everybody needs to be on edge to a certain degree and understand that every single game and every single opportunity is extremely important. And you have to take advantage of it every time. It's it's a pressure cooker. And maybe these are the things and having this mentality, maybe it burns people out. I don't know. But I know that what I don't want to hear, what you don't want to hear, the fans don't want to hear. And if I was in that locker room, if I was a player or a coach, I wouldn't want to hear Oh, it's early. We've got time. We don't have as much time as you think. We're going to be 25 games into this season at the blink of an eye. And if we keep talking about it's early, we're going to continue to miss out on opportunities. Especially when better teams get better as the season goes on. And this is the time really to jump on them. And and Kenny, you said something during the show today, and I know you've mentioned it on social media, and it, it, it's resonated with me too. The Kings, I know it's a long season, 82 games. The last thing we want to do is be in April looking back at these games at the beginning of the season going, and maybe like it's a tiebreaker situation with the Dallas Mavericks going, if only they had won that game, or if only they had beaten the Utah Jazz at home when they really had the chance, or if only, if only. Like we can pick apart every game and super winnable games like the beginning of the season. Those can add up. Yeah. No, and and this team, this franchise, they're not in a position in my opinion, to talk about how early it is or it isn't. Um, maybe that's good enough for Phoenix. You know what I'm saying? Or that's good enough for the Lakers. They've proven something. They have the the equity to say, we can turn it around. We've done it before. We can turn this around. We'll do that. Kings don't have that equity. They This season, I'm telling you, it has to be super intense, I feel, I believe. It's got to be intense. There's got to be a sense of urgency every single night. And I feel like Coach Walton is is coaching with that sense of urgency, and you can hear it in some of the post game comments, even in wins. He's like, we didn't we didn't play good here. 
we didn't play good in this first quarter or this fourth quarter. We didn't close it out the right way, whatever the case may be. I'm glad we got the win, but there's a lot that we can improve on. And I, I, I know it, it sounds crazy after six games to some people to be like, you know, they need to pick up the intensity or they need to lock in or whatever the case may be, or the Aaron Fox needs to lock in and carry this team and all this other stuff. But, um, that's just what it is in Sacramento right now. I don't, I don't know what else to tell you, but that's just what it is. That's what's going on right now. It is that intense. It is that pressure cooker because we've been pretty passive around here for 15 years. We've given the benefit of the doubt for good effort for a long time. I'm not into that right now. Not this year. Not with this group. I wasn't planning on asking this, but you you brought up Luke Walton and it popped into my mind. The Dallas Mavericks started this game they were coming off of an embarrassing loss to the Dallas Mavericks and they started the game on Sunday um they came out of the gate hot and and everybody and their mother expected that from Dallas because they were embarrassed by 30 plus points the night before they look at the Sacramento King it it didn't matter who they played they could have played the best team in the NBA and they were going to come out swinging because they they had a point to prove uh and, and the Kings just happened to get in the way that being said I know it was a matinee game I don't use that as an excuse the Kings were still seemingly caught off guard or surprised by it they right. didn't seem prepared. The bench got them back in, but the starters didn't seem prepared. Who do you put that more on? Is that more on Luke Walton and the coaching staff to make sure they're mentally focused there? Or is that on the players to know, recognize the situation and execute? Matt, you know me, man. I'm putting it on the players. And that doesn't give the coaches and the coaching staff a pass or anything like that. But I just look at it as more than anything, more than a coach. And I'm not saying that you're saying this, but a coach yelling at you in the locker room before the game to get focused. There's self-accountability that you've got to have to be locked in. All these guys have seen enough NBA basketball. They've seen enough basketball to know this. We've seen enough basketball to say the Mavericks got blown out on Friday. They're going to come ready on Sunday. We didn't, me and you, we didn't need a coach to tell us that. You know what I mean? And they've been around a lot more basketball than they than we have. So I, I fully expect them coming into that game to be like, hey, they got blown out the other night. They're going to come with it. We got to be ready. And they weren't. And that's to me, primarily on those players. And it's on the leaders of that team. Man, I know it seems like I'm picking on them. I know it seems like I don't like them. And it's the complete opposite because I love De'Aaron Fox. I really do. I love De'Aaron Fox. But that's where your leaders. Yeah. Hey, getting when we're in the tunnel. Hey, you know this Dallas team's going to be ready. We got to be ready to go. We got to be ready to go from from the start. And I I look at Fox as being the leader because he's the best guy, but maybe he's not that guy. So if it's Harrison, Halliburton, Whoever it can't always just be Tristan because Tristan doesn't even start the game, right? Yeah. So it's got to be one of those five guys saying, Look, hey, we got to be ready to go. We know what time it is, what happened on Friday. And that's where you need your leaders on court to step up and play that leadership role and have these guys prepared. And they weren't ready to go. Luckily, the bench was ready to go and it ended up being a game that was winnable for them. The Locked On Kings podcast today is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet. And look, I love Thanksgiving. I absolutely love all the good food, all the treats, and there are plenty of them. But maybe I want a yummy dessert this Thanksgiving dinner that isn't so full of calories and sugar and is going to make me feel bad about myself. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious 
and more importantly, feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most built bars are only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Uh, replace the coconut cream pie with a coconut built bar. I'll go for a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie this Thanksgiving. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a built bar or two or three or eight. Just get a whole box. Share some at your family gatherings. It will make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a built bar yet, and um, you have to be careful because she and the rest of your family might try and steal a box while it's while it's all said and done. They're that good. There's nothing like a built bar Black Friday, so mark your calendars with Black Friday coming up. There will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises and great deals for you. Like, for example, using our promo code LOCKED15 at built.com, you can get 15% off your order right now. And that's not even a Black Friday special. You just get that right now. Locked 15 for 15% off. Get yourself a box at Built Bar or at really Built.com. Even with the, the the great start, the Dallas Mavericks did not look impressive to me. And I had question marks about them coming into the season, even with Kristaps Porzingis healthy. Now he didn't play uh, on Sunday. And who knows about his future with this Dallas Mavericks team. I just, I'm not big believers in them. The Kings swept them last season. That's not going to happen this season, uh, unfortunately. But, um, you and I, I think, are both able to objectively watch a Dallas Mavericks game, watch Luka Doncic play, and separate the what could have been in Sacramento from what we're watching. That that mm-hmm. actually was that's been easier for me to do than it has been for Damian Lillard. I'm still not over <laughs> the fact that the Kings could have had Damian Lillard, but I, I can objectively say I'm over uh, the Kings not having Luka Doncic. It's done. Yeah. That ship has sailed. We all know it was a disaster. Um, but at the same time, too, some may interpret this as sour grapes, but we see pretty eye to eye on this. Luka Doncic has quickly become both of our least favorite player to watch in the NBA. And it really has nothing to do with his skill set. I'm mesmerized by how he can play, how he can shoot, how he can pass the player that he is. Mm-hmm. But there's one thing in particular, and I think fans are picking up on it. Uh, that that we don't like, and Kenny, I'm going to hand it off to you. What is it about Luka Doncic that that makes both of us so tired? It's the crying and the whining constantly from tip off. Much like you, I'm I'm past the the whole Luka Bagley thing. Like we moved on, we got an opportunity to move on with our franchise and possibly get into the playoffs, and that's all we ever wanted. And that's a good thing. He's doing what he's doing in Dallas. I, I'm not worried about that. Uh, whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, Luca, the basketball player, the things that he can do on the basketball court, extremely, extremely impressive. Great talent. Great talent. Luca, the person? Um, I haven't seen a lot of them or interviews like that, but I'll tell you this, Matt George, I don't have no problem with him. Seems like a, a, a fine guy. Like he seems pleasant, uh, you know, witty, has some jokes, whatever. He doesn't really talk bad about anybody or nothing. He seems fine as a person. Luca on the basketball court with the refs and complaining, insufferable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely insufferable. And it's constant. It is every single time down court, he either feels like he fou- he was fouled and it wasn't called, or he's crying about something on the defense, but whatever. It's just the constant whining and crying and complaining that is insufferable. And I'll say this, insufferable, excuse me. I'll say this. A lot of people, when I made a tweet talking about I, I don't enjoy watching him at all, they tried to lump James Harden in there. Mm-hmm. And it's ironic because I said 
after Luca's rookie season. I and people gave me flack for it. I said, what's the difference between James Harden and Luka Doncic? I was like, there is no difference. But you people treat Luke or James Harden one way and glorify Luka Doncic. And, but when I mentioned it yesterday, people try to throw him in there. Harden wasn't a choir boy out there, and he's still not. I never got the vibes of just the whining and the constant complaining as much as I do with Luka Doncic. Harden complains, and he hunts for fouls. But it's not as constant. It, it, it is all game long with Luca, and it's nasty. <laughs> it's just nasty, man. And, and it's one thing if it's like during a dead ball and the camera will catch him plenty of times after a foul call because LeBron James does this. A lot of players, not just stars, do this where they'll they'll go over to the ref and 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 try and get an explanation. And Luca has a very expressive face to where you know how he's feeling. You know if he's not happy. That bothers me less than the in-game nonsense. And mm-hmm. and one play in particular, in the second quarter, Davion locks up Luka. Luka wants a foul call, doesn't get it. They're still, like, the Mavericks still have possession. The shot clock is still going down. I think the ball goes out to, like, Dorian Finney-Smith or someone. Yeah. He's looking around like, okay, now what do I do? And he <laughs> looks to his star, who is now completely checked out of the play, because he's looking at the official wanting to make sure he gets his complaint in and, and, and gesture at the official during a live possession where you yeah. still have the ball. Like that as a coach, that as a teammate would drive the hell out of me, even if my player had an argument. And I think mm-hmm. it stings a little bit extra with the years of DeMarcus Cousins here in Sacramento because mm-hmm. Cousins whined and complained and we all got tired of it. But Cousins mm. didn't get nearly the preferential treatment that Luka Doncic has gotten very quickly. It took Cousins to it took Cousins five six years to get a little bit of halfway decent treatment, and Luka gets the best of the best here in year three or four or whatever it is. I don't know yeah. that to me. That's what grinds my gears most. That's what boils my blood a little bit is the in game nonsense because. From If I was a, a Mavericks fan, it would just drive me crazy. Again, some people can call it sour grapes about the entire pass with the Kings, and I'm not trying to make this a, like, let's bag on Luka Doncic instead of focusing on the fact that the Kings dropped a very winnable game. We're not taking anything away from how the Kings failed and how uh, De'Aaron Fox failed, but mm. that just, that bothered me the most about this game, even more than the Kings lost. Yeah, man, it's just not, to me, and I guess to you too, it's just not enjoyable to watch. You know, I know the league is full of, um, you know, people that complain and Darren Fox complains. Everybody complains about something, right? But um, it's just excessive on his part. And it, it, it makes you wonder what's going to happen with him moving forward in that respect. Because I remember Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer brought it up last year. And Mark Cuban came out and I forgot he said something about, well, Kevin O'Connor, this is ridiculous to say, but he's like, well, Kevin, or maybe Zach Lowe said it. I don't know. Either one, it was either one of those two. And Mark Cuban was like, well, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You don't watch basketball. <laughs> okay. Like, I, I, I think I watch a lot of basketball, a ton of basketball. I can say definitively, I don't watch as, many, as much as Zach Lowe or Kevin O'Connor. So if you got somebody like Mark Cuban talking about he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about and he doesn't watch basketball, um, when he just mentions the fact that, yo, Lucas has got to chill with that. It's kind of crazy. Who's, who's ever going to tell Luca to chill? Didn't seem like all the fans that responded back to me on the on the tweet last night, they certainly were defending it or saying, oh, you just sweat sour grapes, you're mad because you have Bagley. Nobody's ever going to check them on this. And it's just going to continue to be um, an annoyance for people like ourselves. Well, speaking of Marvin Bagley, we'll wrap up. I have two different uh, Kings lineup uh, changes or questions to to address with you and, and talk about. And the first one has to do with Marvin Bagley. Um 
Terrence Davis quite simply has been terrible off the mm-hmm. Kings bench. And um, it's unfortunate because he was the leading scorer during preseason. We know how good he can be when he's on Luke Walton calls him the team's second best shooter. Um, and th- there is so much potential there for him to be that offensive spark while also being able to provide halfway decent defense and halfway mm-hmm. decent playmaking, put the ball on the floor, which to, to buddy Heald's credit, I think buddy has gotten significantly better at putting the ball on the floor and dribbling yeah. out of trouble. He was, he was smothered by the Dallas Mavericks. They had a good game plan for him but Terrence Davis as a whole has been disappointing he's shooting less than 20 percent uh from three-point range so far this season which which just absolutely can't happen when that's your main skill coming yeah. off the bench so Kenny if you're Luke Walton do you consider moving Terrence Davis out of the rotation and if you do is Marvin Bagley the best replacement for him if you're looking for someone to help if offense has been your struggle is Marvin Bagley, who we know can put up offensive numbers, still massive question marks defensively, but we know he can put up numbers. Is Marvin Bagley a ideal replacement for Terrence Davis um, in in the rotation if you're moving him out? Kind of a two-part question there. That's a good question. Um, I would say no. I'd probably look more so to a Lewis King before Marvin Bagley, and that's not a knock on Bagley. Um, but his, his spot is already filled. You know, the minutes are already filled there between – Harkless, um, Holmes, Tr- uh, excuse me, um, Tristan. Yeah, Tristan Thompson, Alex Lynn. And then times when you have want to have Harrison Barnes at the four in the three-guard lineup, there's, there's no room for Marvin Bagley right now. There's just no room for what he would bring to the table. Um, when you bring in somebody like a Lewis, Lewis, we call him Louis the King on the show. That's why I was yeah. getting caught up with that. When you bring a Lewis King in um, – to replace Terrence Davis, he can do a lot of those things, those winged things that you're you're looking to get from from TD, and it's all going to come full circle here because I wouldn't move him out of the lineup just yet. I know my partner was talking on the show today about Mo Harkless and do we need better at the at the four position, and Terrence Davis is his minutes starting to dry up is he going to be out of the rotation and i say none of those just yet because the first thing that needs to improve is De'Aaron fox's play and once again not trying to make it like i'm harping on the guy but it really doesn't to me it doesn't matter those moves are are, are small potatoes if he doesn't get it going you know what i mean mm-hmm. and on the contrary if he gets it going all that other stuff to me, isn't as big of a deal, isn't as important if he's starting to cook, if he's getting back to 25 a night. So that I say all that to say that's the least of my worries right now. Terrence Davis, Mo Harkless, Marvin Bagley, all those guys. The first priority should be how do you get De'Aaron Fox going? Because as I affectionately call him, the straw that stirs the drink, you got to get him going and get his game back up to where everybody thinks it should be. And I'm going to ask you about a potential starting lineup change that maybe could help get De'Aaron Fox going in a second. But you talked about Marvin not being able to work his way in because his position is being filled by uh, the Mo Harkless, Harrison Barnes, Alex Len, Tristan Thompson, Rashawn Holmes minutes. Can the same be said about Chemezi Metsu then in your mind? If if um, if the, that spot becomes available, Chemezi can't get in as well because those guys ahead of him? Yeah, I think so too, man. And I and I and I like Metsu a lot. Um, but I, I just the thing that 
I worry about is I don't, and I guess you could say the same thing with Marvin Bagley's. I'm not sure if those two guys defend well enough mm. to crack the rotation. Mm. I think they both can put up buckets and, you know, maybe that's something you have to look at if you're not getting the scoring from uh, the Aaron Fox that you, that you hoped you were getting. But I just think right now, the way things are and having better options defensively and rebounding and at a toughness level, I just don't, I think those guys lack the ability to give you what you're looking for on a defensive end. And I'd probably rather go with a Tristan or Alex Lynn to, to kind of hold the fort defensively and on the rebounding side. Mo Harkless is starting at the four, and we know he's mainly there for his defense and the wing depth that he provides. The Kings are very, very short uh, and, and thin at the wing spot. Uh, two points combined over the last two games, which you just, I understand if Mo Harkless isn't in there for his offense and you have four guys who, who can score uh, mm-hmm. decently well in that starting lineup. But to me, you, you still need more than two points in, mm-hmm. in, in two games from your starting four, regardless of what he's going, doing on the defensive end. He's really struggling uh, from, from outside. Really, uh, almost all the Kings, with the exception of Buddy Heald uh, and um, I'm, I'm, oh Harrison Barnes, have been struggling mm-hmm. from three-point range. But what, something that's really been apparent to me is maybe some of De'Aaron Fox's struggles have to do with a lack of spacing because he's sharing the floor with guys who are struggling to shoot the three. Rashawn Holmes doesn't really shoot the three. Uh, mm-hmm. Mo Harkless hasn't been shooting it well. Um, uh, when he's with Davion Mitchell, Davion Mitchell hasn't been shooting it well. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton hasn't shooting it well. It seems like every time Fox puts the ball on the floor, and this would happen regardless, even if those guys were shooting it well, but every right. time he puts the ball on the floor, he's he's con- there's two, three defenders that converge on him every single time. So not to try, maybe this is just a band-aid over a wound and not to try and put De'Aaron Fox's problems on Mo Harkless, mm-hmm. but do you think that there's something to the Kings considering moving Harkless out of the starting lineup, replacing him maybe with a Buddy Heald or someone who does space the floor a little bit better and see if that opens up more opportunity for Fox where he likes to, to, to get his points around the paint? It's a possibility. I mean, that, that, that's something that has to be at least thought about if you're Luke Walton and the coaching staff and, and that could be, you know, something that plays into De'Aaron Fox's struggles, like you mentioned. Nah, I'm not dismissing that at all. Um, when I look at Mo Harkless, though, I look at what he does out there. And I mentioned this earlier. At the very least, worst case scenario, and it's not even like he's super locked down or anything like that, but he's a reliable defensive body. Yes. That the worst case scenario, he's, he's just a pro out there on the defensive end. And you have let's just say he don't play any other time with this. And we know that's not true, but five minutes to start the game, five minutes, at the beginning of the second half, that's 10 minutes where you don't have to use um, Davion on Booker or De'Aaron on Booker or, or Harrison on Luca or anything like that. That's 10 minutes to just kind of give them to fill in, you know, get a feel for the game um, to, to kind of get a flow for what they want to do offensively, all that other stuff to me. That's a role. That's mm-hmm. valuable. You know, mm-hmm. to say, hey, I got 10 minutes where it's not the best option, but it's not going to kill us to have Mo Harkless out there guarding Devin Booker or uh, Luka Doncic or, or anything like that, or Brandon Ingram or something like that. So Harrison doesn't have a 30, 40 minute night full of hard, having to guard this top guy. And De'Aaron doesn't have 40 minutes of having to guard this guard and Tyrese, et cetera. So um, right now, where we're at six games in, I would still, that's still valuable to me. 
if I'm Coach Luke Walden. If he's still not giving much of anything 20 games in and De'Aaron is still struggling, well, you might have to try something, you know, to not only um, get a jolt of energy into that starting lineup, but also maybe help De'Aaron Fox out a little bit. So that's something to keep an eye on for sure. But right now, uh, I, I'm still I'm still riding with uh, Mo with the four. That is Kenny Caraway from ESPN's uh, ESPN 1320's D'Lo and KC. You can listen to him and Damian Barling Monday through Friday from noon to four o'clock. Also, like I mentioned, a pre and post game uh, for San Francisco 49ers football coverage. KC, you're always so uh, generous with your time, my man. I look forward to joining you and D'Lo back on your show in the near future, my man. And I can't wait to have you back on Locked on Kings very soon. See you at the arena very soon. At least King season is here, man. And in the end, yeah. even though there's struggles, even though there's concerns, this team is three and three, uh, considering a very difficult schedule to start where we thought they easily could be in like one and five or, or yeah, two yeah. and four territory so again yeah. not not trying to sell anybody moral victories uh but in the end it's not a horrible start we're enjoying ourselves and we're both back uh, glad that king's basketball is back absolutely man i'll take it man it's not perfect but three and three i'll absolutely take it and, and we'll we'll uh we'll work from there so anytime you need me matt you know i got you man and, and we love having you on on uh every tuesday matt george on d and casey Huge thank you to Kenny Caraway for joining me back here on Locked on Kings. Look forward to joining him and D'Lo uh, tomorrow or every Tuesday like I do. Uh, usually around like 3 o'clock, 3.20 if you ever want to tune in. It's it's a.m. Uh, 13.20 on your radio dial. If you're local in Sacramento, best place to watch is probably youtube.com slash ESPN 13.20. They're also on Twitch. Uh, you can download the Odyssey app and catch their show then. If you want more Kings talk in addition to Locked on Kings, don't replace Locked on Kings. But in addition to Locked on Kings, um, Bill or the ESPN 1320 uh, radio station and and D'Lo and KC specifically is just a fantastic show uh, for you to tune into every single weekday. So I appreciate Kenny. He's a very busy guy. So for him to come here on Locked on Kings on such short notice is fantastic. Uh, I love him and can't wait to have him back on in the near future. If you want to respond to anything that we talked about, please do so. Uh, you can uh, reach me on Twitter at Matt George Sack. You can reach Kenny on Twitter at I am K Diddy. Uh, you can email me Matt George sports at gmail.com. Or if you're watching on YouTube, leave your thoughts down in the comment section down below. Appreciate your support. As always look forward to having you back uh, with me on tomorrow's podcast, the post game edition after the Kings and Utah jazz. I don't expect the Kings will have as good of a chance to win as they had in the home opener, but Hey, maybe this is the breakout game from De'Aaron Fox that we have been waiting for. We'll have to wait and see, uh, but we'll, talk about that game win or lose no matter what i hope you'll join me for that until then my name is matt george you have been listening to locked on kings part of the locked on podcast network